Hello. Oh. Hello. Wait, Wait there we go. Speaker. Hello. 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 <laughs> it's it's all it's always it's so easy the zooming. <laughs> it's so easy. Oh, hold on. It is uh oh wait, no, and that's not what I want to do. You can hear me. You don't need to see me. Jesus. I can yeah, I can hear you. Um I'm I'm happy to see you. I mean, don't uh don't 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 denigrate yourself. Oh, you, um, you can that's okay. You can look at that little cartoon guy. Yeah, yeah. He's very pensive. Hmm. He is. I'm he's thinking uh, about he's stroking his chin and looking. I think he's looking at a microscope if you if you he, zoom out. Yeah, yeah, he is. Um, I think he's counting. I think he's counting bugs. Counting right bugs there under a microscope. <laughs> One, two, three bugs. Is that, <laughs> that's that's him. That's what he does. Um, well, we're well, we're here. We we have arrived. <laughs> oh, we are here. We are here. Um, I I have some stuff that I wanted to talk to you about. I should open up the Dropbox. I don't know if there's anything in there either. I um, mostly what I've been putting in the Dropbox is, you know, we have we have another podcast, Ben. Most people that listen to this show probably don't know about that show. Um, but on that show, we get feedback. Um, but the format of that show <clears throat> is not really conducive to feedback. Um, right. So we right. can do feedback from that show on this show. And that's, um, uh, you know, so the th I've been putting a few things in there, but they're mostly of that nature. <laughs> this is this is good. There's some good. There's a, some good stuff in here. Um, we will we will get to that. Um, I um, I was going to tell you some some stuff. Um, mm. Juicy gossip? No, not juicy gossip. I, I've got. I got I'm going to play you a message a, a, at some point today. I've got. I've got notes. Like I let me just tell you that I prepare for this. Whoa. Yeah, and, and you're going to play me a message. I'm going to play you a message. I'm going to play you wow. a message. And I have a game Sounds for exciting. you. Yeah, I've got. I have a message for you. We're gonna play a oh, game. Oh, a game? Yeah, yeah. Oh this my is. Gosh. Um. Then, uh, there's there's at least three things on the internet that I want to talk to you about. Um. Yeah. Those are my. Th those are my notes. Um. <laughs> and and uh, I are you? I, I guess you know. There's a couple of things that that come uh, with hosting a podcast. Um. <laughs> One of them is that uh, we sometimes get um, so solicitations. <laughs> we get pitches. We get pitches. Yeah, yeah. So, and and you got one, and I got one, and yours is, I think, more more exciting than mine. So, I think we're going to start with yours. Okay, are you ready? Okay. Sure. Uh, I forget which. I get so many pitches, Ben. <clears throat> it's hard to remember them all, but I'm well, sure that you'll help me. Yeah, when you're a member of the uh, esteemed media machine as we are, I mean the pitches are coming left and right. Um, and and I I think wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's that's baseball. Baseball is pitches. Um, oh, are you saying that the pitcher <clears throat> is ambidextrous? Yes. Well, they, is he? Can you? Are you as a pitcher? I don't, Ben. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. You probably mostly know about Canadian baseball, but uh, I, I do. I know about Canadian baseball. It's played in October instead of November because uh, it's because it's cold and it, and it corresponds with our with our Thanksgiving. Um, oh, that's perfect. Um, so, uh, so to, to, this is a legitimate, legitimate question. Um, if you're pitching, 
yes. in a in a in a baseball game, can, and you can throw with either hand. Can yes. you throw with either hand, or do you have to stick with one? Yes, you know? no, you you can. Um, hmm. And so there there was a there's a player. Um, uh, the, there are there are a number of players that I that I knew about with with this, um, but one who, who whose name stuck with me and I just found him on um, uh, Wikipedia is a guy named Pat Vendette, and he could throw. Um, okay, Vendette's rare ability to pitch with either arm required both major and minor league baseball to create a rule for ambidextrous pitchers, known colloquially as the Pat Vendette rule. This rule That's- essentially, y- yeah. yes. It essentially requires any ambidextrous pitcher to declare which hand he will use to pitch to a batter before the at bat starts, and throw with that hand ah. through the entire at bat. So okay, um, so you can't you can switch it up within a game. You just can't yes. switch it up within a batter. Within a batter, yeah, it's All the right. path and well, rule. So you know, uh, I I don't I don't think that's fair. I mean, you know, Pat Pat, Pat should be able to do what he wants. I agree with you, Don. If, if like it's he like has, interesting, he has developed a skill that very few have, and he should be able uh, to capitalize on it. He should yeah. be able to capitalize on it exactly. And and I and I think that, um, I I mean I think it would be great if someone created a rule just about me. Hopefully it's not like, a, <laughs> like hopefully it's not related to like incarceration or you know getting getting fired or something that I've done. But if it was something like a skill that I had developed. And and I I I would I, I would find it very notable that that something was was created in my in my name and in my honor, but mm-hmm. I agree I I think that um I think that Pat Vendette and other ambidextrous pitchers should be allowed to pitch you know hey I'm going to throw this first pitch lefty and then I'm going to throw this next pitch righty and you deal with it batter well like, here's the thing I'm going to throw the next pitch and you don't know which side it's coming from so you don't know just deal with yep. that. <laughs> It could be coming. I who knows? Who knows how I'm going to get throw it through his legs, Ben? Yeah. Well, that's probably so, against the rules. I, I, it could be. I don't know. There, there's some rule about like once you start your motion, you've got to. I don't know. Maybe maybe you could throw it between your legs. I don't know. That, that's a good. That's a question for baseball historians. <laughs> um. So, uh. So I want to read to you a, a pitch that you received. <laughs> Because I think it's okay. hilarious. Just to, um, to be clear, not a baseball pitch. You're not going to read to me no. a baseball pitch. You're going to read to me a, a pitch for someone or something uh, to talk about on our uh, on our blog. Yes, yes. So um, the subject is Chip Chip Hooray, <laughs> Nam Keen's Potato Fiesta on National Potato Lovers Day. Now, I told you in a recent Risky or Not episode that um, the may or may not air before this one gets this air. So it, we're, we're doing things in the in the universe out of order here, potentially. But I told you that my family celebrates a lot of days, right? Like when I was growing up. Right. So like if it was National Donut Day, someone in my house would, would pick up a dozen donuts and we would celebrate that day. I can tell you for sure that we have never celebrated National Potato Lovers Day or Potato Potato, yeah. See now, is it Potato, potato Lover's, Lover's day. day or is it Potato mm. Lover Day? Because so mm. potato, it, you know, as they say on the posters, Ben, potato is for lovers. It's true. <laughs> um, lo- lover, lovers, potato, potato. I think is the also an, a, a very common saying. Um, so, did you what? Now, what did you do 
on February 8, 2024, Dawn, to celebrate National Potato Lovers Day. I forgot that that uh, that that uh, February eighth was National Potato Lovers wow. Day. I just forgot, Ben. It was not. <clears throat> wow. I wow. do get lots of notifications in my calendar about what day it is. Um, but for the eighth, um, it we have ongoing searches uh, in our in our department and in our school. And also uh, at six a.m. was a reminder for me to put the garbage and the recycling out. But yep, yep. Other than that, no mention of potatoes in my agenda for your, that day. Now, did you did could could you think back? Did you eat any? Um, did you eat any any potatoes I, yesterday? I did not. I did not eat potatoes. Uh, it's Me not, was not that long ago in the past when we're recording this. No, um, no. I did. I don't think I had potatoes. I had I had uh, pasta and I had uh, bread for my my starches that day. Yeah, I couldn't tell you a hundred percent. I I do positivity. like a potato. I mean, here's the thing, Ben. I would have. I was. I think I told my wife this the other day. I think I I would have potatoes every day uh, if yeah. I could. I love know. potatoes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. So, um, on National Potato Lovers Day, um, Namkeen, who who might be a person, but also might be a restaurant. I think it's um, a renowned hot chicken establishment. Yeah, but <laughs> what I was interested in is is maybe okay. Oh, it's a oh I see. I thought it was well. Here we go. So so we missed it, but uh, Namkeen, uh, a renowned hot chicken establishment, was offering a buy one get one bogo deal on selected menu. Bogo. Items. Who who doesn't love a good bogo? Ben? Love a good bogo. Um, but this, I don't know if you've known, you know about this, but Namkeen has been buzzing in the halal food scene. That's, that's exciting. Um, the owner important real-time update. Um, I Googled, uh, Namkeen, a renowned hot chicken establishment. And the first (laughs) hit, the first hit is the Namkeen website. Uh, but missing from the website are the words renowned and establishment. So uh, Google would indicate that it is it is simply a hot chicken, a hot chicken. <laughs> it's just a hot chicken. It's not renowned and it's not an establishment. Do you, are you familiar with Matuchin, Matuchin, New Jersey? Matuchin. I think Matuchin. it's pronounced Matuchin, but yes. Matuchin. Matuchin. Not, <laughs> not far from me. Well, that's there's a Namkeen there. You right. you can get uh, chicken and waffles and a Tikkaville sandwich, uh, and they had a bogo. Um, and then uh, they, it looks like they're also you can get some in uh, in Chatham, um, which uh, let's see where that is. is that Chatham, Massachusetts. Uh, it's just Chatham. That's on the it's on it's on uh, it's on it's at two two thirty three Main Street in Chatham. Hmm. I don't understand exactly what what Chatham that is. But um, yep, and then there's one in in Brooklyn, which I assume that there's there's very fr- few Brooklyns. You know, that's, I that's think Brooklyn. Brooklyn is probably the cano- canonical uh, Brooklyn, yeah. New York. Yes, but but Chatham Chatham it doesn't doesn't appear. I could maybe it's in Massachusetts. Anyway, so uh, everybody missed out. Sorry, we didn't get the pitch in in time. Um, but uh, maybe for next year, you'll know that uh, it's National Potato Lovers Day. And, well, and, and I also, mean, that, you know, yeah. most of the time we make fun of the people that give pitch us pitches, but honestly. <clears throat> This looks like a nice restaurant. Like I would go oh, to this restaurant. I mean, the the photographs of the food they they look good. I mean, they look they look good. It's a it's kind of a uh, a fusion cuisine. Uh, I would you, say, uh, yeah, you know, like Pakistani food fused with um, southern 
with hot chicken and waffles. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which is, which I'm about, I'm all over the, mm. the, the food fusion world. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so Mir, Mirin, uh, wanted to connect with us to discuss the possibility of posting the Namkeen current promo deal. Well, I feel like we've done that. I, I mean, it's, it's post current, right? Like it was yesterday, yeah. but, um, yeah. but they also, um, Mirin wanted, thought that maybe our readers would love to learn about the establishment. So I, maybe. Well, now we've, we've, uh, we've told them, so they're yeah. not a sponsor, Ben, but, uh, they're not. we did write about it on our blog. We did, but we we wrote about it on our blog, and that was really really exciting. Um, so another thing, I got oh, it's uh, Chad Ben. If you scroll down to the bottom of the page, it does reveal that this is uh, Chatham, New Jersey. Oh, New Jersey, Chatham, New Jersey. Is that is? Are you Which familiar should, with that? I should I should know where that is. I think I want to say that's south, but uh, south could Jersey. be wrong. What, uh, let's um, see. Let's find what out. what exit is that? The right? Uh, did I do that right? <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was very funny. Um, that was so funny. Um, uh, it's up by Newark, uh, Ben. It's up. It's North Jersey. It's uh, North near Jersey. Morristown, uh, East Hanover, yeah. Livingston. Um, so, but these are all, closer. These are all towns from Bruce Springsteen uh, songs, I believe. Uh, yeah, she was from Cages on Highway Nine. She was just a a, a little lady from Chatham. Uh, <laughs> I don't think that's a Bruce Springsteen lyric. No, is that gonna I, get I, me in trouble? I, yeah, it could be. I, it might be. Might I don't know. I don't know. Uh, all right, so so we've got that pitch, and then we I got one. <laughs> so uh, it, and it comes from uh, an account executive. It's always good when it comes from uh, an account executive. Kimberly writes, "Hi Benjamin," mm. and I I always know like when you get a, a dear Donald. You know, you know that they mean business, right? Like no one. Mm, no, no, it means they don't know me. Is what? They <laughs> oh, mean. that yeah. that's it. Yeah, <laughs> or the, and they don't listen to the podcast. No. Um, so uh, uh, Kimberly writes, "Hey, hi Benjamin. I hope you're doing well. I thank you. I am. I'm doing quite well. Um, I think I have a, a great potential guest for your podcast. Okay. Huh. Right. Um, well, at least at least it's a guest for our podcast, not someone who who wants to write for our blog. At least right. that's good. Like if they. And we and this, you know, no, no joke here, Ben, like just you know this, but but the listeners might not know people pitch us all the time because they want um, to have uh, an article on our blog, which is, yes. you know, confused, yeah. which they have confused our podcast hosting website where we put our show notes with a blog, <laughs> which is absolutely the best. Um, uh, so, so this was, uh, um, someone named the pitch was for someone named Steven Dombrowski, who is director of food and beverage markets at QAD. Okay. Now QAD, I don't know if you're familiar with them, Don, but the mm. link that was provided takes me to a page that's, that cannot open. So I'm also not familiar with who QAD is. <laughs> but Steven Dombrowski is, is truly well-versed in, in the global food supply chain. And he would be a fantastic guest on our podcast. And he would love to discuss topics like, this is my favorite. Like, so, okay. Are you ready for some of these topics? Sure. Sourcing ingredients locally with vertical farming. Okay. Okay. Uh, um, upcoming regulations for consumer packaged goods. And you might know those as CPGs. Okay. Mm-hmm. Climate and trade impacts from natural disasters and geopolitical events. Like the current crisis in the Red Sea and rising container prices to COVID-19 levels. That seems important. Mm-hmm. Um, the benefits of AI and food manufacturing. Okay, I'm I'm in. Okay. How supply chain digitization. No, sorry, not digitization. Digitalization helps protect human rights and food accessibility. 
that that seems like a stretch. Um, but but I'm interested. And then my 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 favorite is the last uh bullet, which is and more exclamation mark. So hmm. it seems like Steven's open for like anything. We could talk about um my new love of uh English Premier League soccer with him. Um we could probably discuss uh, your interest in uh, British uh, dark British detective uh, series. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it, man, more leaves the door open for for many things. Um, but I, I, the, I, yeah, I, I want to say, Ben, the people that want to be guests on our podcasts, or the people who pitch people to be guests on our podcasts, my guess is they probably not listened to our podcast, and if they had, they would not want their people to be on right our podcast no, no. like the uh who was the who we, the 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 disbarred lawyer he <laughs> we never circled back with him did we, we that did was not. fun he actually we actually corresponded with him we did we did i yeah that would have um we never really I, I think we tried to schedule something that he was unavailable and then we then we just moved on um yeah, yeah i forget what that guy's name was we'll have to look at it we'll, we'll find notes. it we'll find it yeah so I'm thinking about, okay, so I, I just did something. This is maybe not the best move, but um, I just uh, linked in, you know, trying to find someone named Stephen Dombrowski. I found another Stephen Dombrowski who is senior associate athletics director for external relations at St. John's university. And I think a, like a nice, a funny little trick would be to respond to Kimberly and say, we would love to talk to Steven, but we'd really like to talk to him about his time as senior associate athletics director for external relations at St. John's university. Um, and talking about like what it's like to be an athletics director, what it's like to do external relations, um, maybe about his time as assistant athletic director and digital media communications at Seton hall. Um, you know, I think that I'm much more interested in having that Steven Dabrowski on our podcast. Um, and so I'm going to see, I'm going to see if Kimberly can maybe find him. If <laughs> she knows all the Stephen Dabrowski's. <laughs> uh, I say that. I'm not actually going to do that. We're just going to talk no, about it here. It's fine. And yeah. It's fun. It's fun. Um, okay. So um, I've been, uh, I've been catching up on, on the world of uh, Larry David and um, Kirby enthusiasm. And I think I'm going to guess that that is not a show that gets airtime in your, in your house. Is that, would that be correct? Which show? Curb your enthusiasm. Oh no, I'm familiar with this show. It is a it is a humorous show with the uh, the famous uh, uh, comedian Larry David. Yes, yes, it but is. It is not a show that I have ever seen any more than an occasional clip of on the internet. It's it's clever, and I'm just gonna say that it what what I like about it is, and there, it is now entered. I think it's final season, uh, season twelve. Uh, it's been around for like twenty plus years. There was a long period before uh, a comeback a few years ago, but um, there's a joke that gets seeded in the first episode of every season that comes to fruition in the last like four minutes of every season like like you mm. you know the and and i think that's very clever i think it's mm-hmm. like I, I i know that that's what's happening i enjoy it i think about like how they're going to do it um and it's it's always like all these moving parts uh to it and i just i find it very yeah and so but also it's super awkward and larry david is like, you know, seems like a real terrible person, <laughs> but he's a very funny, terrible person. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, 
I, I think uh, I'm, I'm just putting that in there that I enjoy the show and and I know it's not it's not your thing, but that's I've been watching that as of late. Hmm. Um, and do you, you want to hear about something that I've been watching? I do. I really do. So it is a show called um, Astrid. Uh, oh, I was looking this up actually for something else. Um, so it's a it's a it's a it's a sh- it's a French show. So it's in French, which means that we you know we have to to do it uh, early in the evening because we have to read uh, because we neither my wife nor I speaks French. I mean, I know a few French words from taking French for <laughs> in school for many years. Um, but uh, yeah, so the show is called uh, Astrid. Um, I think the title of the French show originally is Astrid and Raphael. Um, and Raphael is a is a lady cop, um, and Astrid is an autistic woman who works in the criminal records department. <clears throat> and they sort of encounter each other in the first episode, and it's sort of all about their friendship. It's a I don't I I mean I would like to get some feedback from actual autistic people. I'm not sure it's a it's completely accurate in terms of mm-hmm. how Astrid is portrayed, but um, she is sort of a uh, you know a, a Big Bang Theory Sheldon Cooper uh, esque. Uh, person maybe a little bit more on the spectrum than uh than sheldon she's high functioning uh but you know has her peculiarities and idiosyncrasies um and uh yeah it's a good it's a good uh it's a good crime show uh with uh really some nice um it's a kind of a yeah kind of a, a cop a cop buddy show uh, it's fun we're, we're enjoying it uh, and oh, we're that... watching it i think on pbs oh that's cool nice we we just got the um pbs just showed up on our hulu live recently because oh, nice. we, we yeah we had a, a bunch of years without pbs because it was was not offered and we live in a weird spot like in the city but we have very poor antenna coverage like oh, like from mm-hmm. over the air um so so yeah so and pbs is, is you know we the only way that we were able to get it for a while was over the air um, oh, there's some and good I, stuff I, I, oh, I will say too. One thing that's nice about discovering this show is um, it actually has three seasons already, and so we've only made it through season one. And so it's always great to find a show that you know is just totally your jam, um, and there's a bunch of episodes to watch. So, oh, that's yeah. cool. That's awesome. Um, so okay, do you want to? I, I got two things for you here uh, okay. to start start with. Do you, do you want do you want me to play a message or do you want to play a game? You get to pick. Oh, um, let's, let's do the message first. Okay. Okay. Message coming. Okay. So I received, um, a message on my, uh, on my phone. Um, and let me, let me find it here. Um, on, uh, okay. And I'm gonna see if I can actually get this to play. It's, um, it's good. Like it's, it, it might, it's a, it's a minute 50 long. Okay. Um, so I'm going to play this okay. fully and I want to get your, want to get your take on this. All right. Okay. So let's get this speaker. Hello, this is Dana at Harris Eater calling you with an important recall notice. Our records indicate you may have purchased a product that is being voluntarily recalled by Rizzo Lopez Foods due to potential listeria contamination. Complete information about this recall is available on the product recalls page of harrisgeeter.com. And customers with questions can contact Rizzo Lopez Foods at 1-800-626-5587, Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. That number again is 1-800-626-5587. 
5587. The complete list of Rezo Brothers products included in the recall is available at HarrisTeeter.com. Upon notification of the recall by its supplier, Harris Teeter promptly removed the products from its shelves. If you purchase these items, please do not consume them. Instead, return them to your Harris Teeter for a full refund. Customers with questions, to contact Rezo Lopez Foods at 1-800-626-5587. That number again is 1-800-626-5587. And again, complete information about the recall is available on the product recalls page of harrisfeeder.com. Um, so this is the first time I've ever got a message like this. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mike. My- my question for you is, Do you ha- did you buy something from Rizzo Lopez Foods? Absolutely, I did. Okay. It, it worked. Um, yeah. And uh, so here, here's the thing. It had been consumed by the time I got this this message, which, mm-hmm. which, is, which is okay, right? So, but um, I, I wanted to, like, I wanted to play that for you today and just give a shout out to, I mean, first of all, Harris Teeter, great, great job from uh that that's my one of my um uh shopping destinations for groceries um for those who don't live in i guess like dc area south i don't think that there's hair cedars north of that um mm-hmm. and i don't think they they might be in tennessee but it's like a south southeast like north carolina south carolina virginia a lot of hair cedars um and uh, and they're owned by Kroger now. Um, it is they're actually the closest grocery store to my house. Like I can I can walk there um, pretty pretty easily, which is which is really nice. So they're it's a it's a top you know top destination for for food in our in our house. Um, but you know like I, I don't did you did you see anything about this recall out in the wild? Have you one like before nope. I played that message? You'd heard about this? Nope. Not so, a, not a word. Yeah, and so I had not either. Um, and it, but of course, once you, you know, once, once you say, once you see it, um, you, or, you know, now all of a sudden it's, it's popping up. So I've, I've yeah, now exactly. seen the notifications of a few different places and I, I got an email. So that, that, um, uh, message came in on, um, uh, Tuesday, February 6th. Um, and I got a, a notification from FDA about this recall, like on the next day. Right. So, so, I mean, just kudos to Harris Teeter going yeah. fast uh, with this information and making it like, this isn't uh, ABC CDC plus mm-hmm. um, uh, one of our own old games, but I just thought like, okay, they didn't send me an email. They didn't text me. They actually called me. They gave me really valuable information, right? Like what to do, what the product is, where I could go for more information, which is the Harris Teeter mm-hmm. um, you know, recall products website. Um, they didn't just say, you know, visit us at harristeeter.com. They're like, go to this particular spot. Um, and then they said, bring it back to the store for for a refund. Yep. And I, I just thought like this, this is the first time that I remember getting targeted recall information for a product that I had purchased. And I mean, they know I had purchased it because of the, um, shopper rewards, you know, card, um, system. And, uh, you know, like, I don't know, have you, have you ever had a call like that? Like before I might've just asked you that, but have you ever, has ever anybody from where you purchased it from directly notified you that there was a, a recall 
of of a product. Nope, nope, me either. And and and, and they would. I mean, again, my 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 wife does most of the shopping. Um, but I'm sure she would have told me if she got a call like that. So no, I mean it's uh, yeah, and it's probably her her phone number that's that's linked to the shoppers club card anyway. But no, I've never never gotten a call. And yeah, and I I was I listened to the whole call. Uh, I wasn't you know I wasn't sure if you were we were, you were setting it up so we could critique it. But I thought it was a really good clear message. They repeated things several times. The person spoke slowly and clearly. Um, you know, it, I was able to while you were playing that type in. I don't. I didn't know how Rizzo Lopez was spelled, but I I yep. made in a guess, and then uh, yeah, I found the FDA recall website. Um, you know, the company announced the recall on the fifth. FDA uh, published their uh, announcement, company announcement on the sixth. It sounds like you got a phone call right in that same time frame. Yep. So this thing yep. moved very quickly. Um. Yeah, it was it was great. I really really well well executed. Now, do you do you remember what the what the Rizzo Lopez product was that you bought? Yeah, absolutely. It's something that we buy on a weekly basis. Um mm. and so it's a Rizzo Brothers Queso Fresco 8 ounce um product. And so it's right. like a just it's a queso fresco mm -hmm. um uh like round round cheese. I'll I'll show yep. you the yeah, um, I, I think uh, I think I'm seeing it here on the FDA website. Yeah, yeah, and we we eat it. So, and actually, I'll I'll send you the Rizzo Brothers uh, website. Um, we eat it just like this uh, in salads on like a daily basis, um, mm -hmm. uh, and yeah. So it was um, yeah. like th this is yeah. It was it was really you know really interesting just to get one immediately, and so. So I was away uh, when that came in and I'm the, uh, I'm like, I guess I'm the contact person on the, on the shop shopping list. So Danny didn't get that, that message, but I was able to like text her right away. And I was like, Hey, do we have any of this? Mainly because I want to know if there's a picture of it. She goes, Oh, I just finished it. Um, mm. Like, she's like, I, we ate it last night and the package is gone. Um, yeah. So I was like, Oh, okay. But yeah, anyway, anyway like just, so I mean, kudos. So I, I guess a couple of things I wanted to say. Kudos to Harris Teeter, as I've already mentioned. Um, if you're a, a, a grocery store or you work in the grocery store world and you listen to this show, um, or like, you know, you're a food safety person for for some other supermarket or grocery store, you guys should be doing this. Like, it, mm -hmm. it is not. Um, it, so it, I'm working on a project. And actually, our, our good friend, uh, Bill Hallman's also been working on this project uh, with me for the last couple of years for Stop Foodborne Illness about recall modernization and um, messages around recalls are put out there because someone feels that they're responsible to do that, but they're not put out there often with an actionable, like, you know, risk communication kind of vibe to it of like, okay, here's, here's what, you, here's where you're going to go find it. This is what you're looking for. This is what you do with it when you're done with it. Here's why we're recalling it. Um, and, and getting into the, the, the message, like the message of it, um, it's not something that is, is often well done. And, and also like, I think that sometimes people aren't trying to amplify these messages because they don't want bad press related to a recall. Right? Like, so just kudos to, 
to Harris Teeter. Um, and though there, I'm sure there are others out there that do this. I know talking with a couple of folks um, about, it, I know this is something that Costco does. We don't, we don't currently have a Costco membership, so I don't, I don't know um, about much about that, but um, there are other retailers out there. And it's not like you buy recalled foods every day. So I, I like, it could be that I've just not ever had purchased something from someone else who has a um, shopper alert, um, by using the, uh, you know, rewards or shopper tracking cards, uh, for this, but yeah, I just, I thought this was, it, this was great. It hit perfect. It got to me very quickly. I could do something with it within seconds. I was able to get, you know, a message to Danny and she checked for it. She's like, no, we don't, we, we don't have it. So that was like, I don't know. It was all, it was, it made me feel good inside that I shop at Harris Teeter. Yeah. Um, and I, my, I wonder, I, my, my thought was that this is standard in the industry and I've just never gotten a call because, um, I just, the, the number of recalled products versus the number of products that are in a grocery store that I might buy is, is vanishingly small. Right. I mean, it, yeah, yeah, we, you can go on the FDA website. You're like, oh my God, there's so many foods being recalled, but it's like, well, yeah, but they don't have notifications for all the foods that are not being recalled. Right. So it's a denominator issue. So my, yeah, my, my thought was that this is standard in the industry, but if anybody who works in retail knows, um, you know, if like, what is it, is it uh 90% of all companies? Is it, is it 25% of all companies that do this? I want to think it's m higher rather than lower, but uh, if somebody wants to dish some dirt on their competition, um, let us know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, I, and, I'm really curious. And, and, and it wasn't like, yeah, exactly. I want to know. Um, and also, you know, if I think about like FDA has got the food recall.com or whatever it is, right? Like there's, they've got a website. You can sign up for email alerts. It's not super fast. Um, but why couldn't we be using AI to send folks like a voice message like this or a, uh, oh, and a text message that says you've got the, you know, this is, this is recalled product out there and you could just like sign up for stuff um, to, to be able to say, here are all the products that I buy or whatever. I guess it makes more sense that I think about it. It makes more sense coming from the place where I'm buying it from. Cause they know what I bought as opposed exactly. to the government who, the whole, I mean, may may know what I bought, but it's pretty unlikely that they're tracking my food <laughs> consumption patterns. Yeah, well, um, there and there are there are websites for recall notifications, and I got one at one point, and then I just had to like can turn it off because it's just like you're getting like 30, 40 messages a day. Yeah. It's like, okay, this I this is not useful to me anymore, right? Um. Uh. Yeah, but but yeah, but but I mean, something that that cross indexes that with your shot again, and there's privacy concerns. Like like I understand yep. people that wouldn't want to do this. There's people I still don't understand people. There's been, there's people out there, Ben, who will not uh, have an easy pass in their car, and they want to stop and pay the toll uh, instead of driving through the fast lane. And I'm like, that's okay. You can you can know you can know that I went through this toll at this day and this time uh, in exchange for me not having standing not to be have to stand in the line. That's why, but. Or, or, or yeah. driving a line. Are those so okay? Now I'm interested in those in those people and that reason. Like, do they not think that they're like that their license plates being photographed? Like, I just assume that that's happening. They already know, right? Like, I got an easy pass. That's good point to 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 charge it. That you know, it's a different. It facilitates it, but there someone's taking pictures of my you know. Are, yeah, because they, they got to have some way to get people to yeah. just drive through without paying, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So weird, interesting. Um, I mean, that's, that's been my speculation. I really don't be. know why people may, maybe people just have bad credit. They don't have credit cards. Uh, maybe they, they, because of compulsive spending, they can't have credit cards. Like, I don't, I mean, there might be, you know, legitimate yeah, yeah, reasons, other reasons, but, uh, yeah. 
you know, but, huh. but uh, yeah. Um, okay, good. All right. So there, I played, played a call. That was mm-hmm. the first on the list. You had a choice. So now we're going to play a game. Okay. Okay. So this, this game is, um, I don't have a name for it yet, but it, uh, let me, let me set it up. <laughs> I, I, I am doing, uh, I've been invited to sit on a panel at our libraries, uh, NC state libraries on an event. And actually, let me just see if I can find what it's actually called. Um, there, uh, the event is called your, um, but the Y is in, uh, parentheses. So, so it it looks like our, okay. So it's your and our, do you get that? Mm -hmm. Um, uh, and it is, uh, health in the movies and the, um, the specific topic is food and water. So this is a, an event that's happening. If, if people happen to be here in Raleigh or, or close to that time, I'll send a link that we'll put into show notes. Um, it's uh, happening on uh, Tuesday, March uh, 19th, uh, 430 to 545 uh, p.m. Um, in the Fishbowl Forum in Hill Library. Um, okay. and yeah, so, so I am, I'm currently listed as a featured speaker, but I'm not really speaking, I guess. And so here's the, here's what the event is about, um, playing movie clips to talk about how X and it could be food or water or food safety or food, um, production, whatever, whatever it is. And you'll get to guess what my you know area is, um, but how it is displayed and, um, uh, communicated in, in film. Okay. So so you get the, get the, the gist of what I'm supposed to, to figure out here. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the game for you is what movies should I pick? Oh, okay. Yeah. And so this, and so the reason why I'm asking you this is I would, it kind of was, wasn't like sprung on me cold. I just didn't know, you know, someone said, Hey, we're going to do this movie thing. And we want you to sit on a panel. I was like, cool, great. Yeah. I'm happy to. Um, and then I, I went to a planning meeting and they're like, okay, what are your movies? I'm like, Oh, Ooh, I didn't realize I needed to come up. I, yeah, yeah. no, that's but, yeah. So <laughs> now suddenly it. this is work. I can show yeah. up and say what I think, but you right. want me to pick movies. Jeez. That's uh I'm suddenly I'm way less interested in doing this. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, and, and so here's the thing, Don, now you're part of the, part of the, uh, the yeah, share the work delegation. It's a fun game, man. <laughs> it's a fun game. We, movies are fun. Don't, you know, don't, don't, don't get me wrong here. Um, and I did so. So the thing is, I did come up with a few um, okay. from this, but I want to I want to know if you had to think about like so. There's a lot of things that have to go into this, right? Like, right. It it can't just be like a movie that I know, right? And and it can't be that they've put some some rules on it. Um, the organizers they're not really interested in documentaries because the whole idea here is like how Hollywood right. or fi- maybe not even Hollywood like film production because it could be a foreign film how they portray what's hap- what food safety is all about right. and what like that's that's my area so so it it became like a bit of a game of like oh I actually said oh hey I was in this movie called Poison why don't we just show that. And they're like, yeah. yeah, that's a little too on the nose because first and of all, you're on the panel. Secondly, it's it's obviously about a, the, the food safety. It's a yeah. documentary. Yeah. It's a documentary. Yeah, it's kind of dry. Yeah. So right. so anyway, what? If, if, I don't know if I, I'm springing this on you. You didn't have time to prepare for homework, but can you think of any movies where you could tie in a discussion around food safety? Well, um, the 
<laughs> not off the top of my head. I okay. can I can think of a couple of TV shows. Wow. Okay, yes. which I, I I realize is not in the in the in the whatever in the frame um the first well I, i'll tell you the first one that came to mind in just a minute because i do have a, a little bit of a rant about that but uh the second one that came to mind is one that came up <clears throat> i think in one of my very first conversations uh not recorded on a podcast uh with uh merlin mann where he talked about we were talking about at that time it was uh i was active with the national center for um food protection and defense um, <clears throat> talking about terrorist attacks on the food supply. And yeah. Merlin was telling me about uh, this one uh, time when uh, there was botulism toxin in a stadium. And then he realized, oh, no, that wasn't a news event. That was a quiz <laughs> episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but the the second one was the, the relatively, well, not relatively, quite new uh, uh, Apple... TV, uh, whatever they call their service, uh, the yeah, Apple yeah. TV on Apple TV that I watch on Apple TV, um, uh, lessons in chemistry. And the very first scene uh, is uh, the, the, the woman is uh, recording a commercial uh, about canned food and she makes a comment and, you know, and her, her, you know, her whole thing is defying authority. And so she, you know, she, you know, uh, basically goes off script in the middle of the commercial and throws the canned food away. But what it, and it, and it's terrible because it's the very first scene in the TV show. And it immediately just took me out of the show because mm -hmm. she says, Oh, and you don't want to eat this food because it's full of preservatives. And she took the canned food and she threw it in the trash. And Ben, there's a lot of reasons why you might not like canned foods, but one of the reasons is not because it's full of preservatives. And it just the fact that this was supposed to be a show about chemistry and about food and about science. And it's like your very first opportunity, you blew it, you know, because right, right, right. You, you said something, to, you know, you said something to me that I know as a food scientist is factually incorrect. So. <clears throat> So yeah, so I mean, again, I'm I'm sort of not playing the game, but um, no, no, it's okay. an opportunity uh, because I don't know. I, I just I would have to I would have to actually sit and 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 watch some movies or think about some movies. I mean, I, maybe I would start with like movies that I like, um, and then figure out a food safety angle. Like, is there a food safety angle um, in the Big Lebowski? Uh, maybe he's drinking out of the the half and half in the grocery store, right? Um, maybe that's uh, that's something. Um, uh, right, right, right. There's something yeah. really. Oh well, you know, the idiocracy thing it would would not be bad because uh, you know it's what plants crave, right? Um, I don't know. I mean, there would be there'd be a fun way to do it, but I wouldn't start with what do I know about food safety that's in movies. I would start with what movies do I like, and then is there somehow a food or food safety angle? So I did I did a little bit of that. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, now I'm sending you a couple of links yep. here that we can include in in show notes. So I I also thought, man, I wish this oh, was TV yep. because there's yep. a whole bunch. Like I could get yep. into. Bob's Burgers. There's yep. a you know, reoccurring character on uh, a couple of health inspectors that are really, really funny that kind of get it right. Um, the bear. Yep. I don't think we've talked about the bear. Have we? Have you watched it? Uh, um, they were talking about it a lot, I think, on uh, Dubai Friday. And they so were. I, yeah. I, yeah. And I, I, it's kind of on my list. I'm not sure it's quite uh, Kristen's thing, but yes. It's great. Like it's. Um, yeah. It's, yeah it's I mean, I've, I've heard really good things about it. Yeah. And so one of the, I think, it, um, I just sent you a link to this, but it was 
uh, one of the, oh yeah, season one, episode two was all about health inspection and right. like, a fa- so that, that was awesome. Um, okay. So here's what I came up with. Uh, and, and actually I just sent you, did I send you another one of this? Um, I, I also kind of was like, all right, there's, I got to check a bunch of boxes, right? Like if I'm coming up with the links on this, it's gotta be kind of cool. Right. Because I don't want to look like a nerd up there. Um, I, it's right. gotta be like, uh, you know, like, like you said, big Lebowski, right? Like it's a, right. that, that's, a, it's a cool movie. Um, so, so I didn't, um, one that I have not full, like we haven't fin- finalized this, but I just sent you one that, uh, that I was thinking about, which is the movie mall rats, mall uh, rats. Kevin, yeah. Perfect. Yeah, Kevin Smith movie. Great. Like, you know, was very, um, uh, it was after clerks and it was big budget, and you know there there's a couple of podcasts and and a book where he talks about like how hard it was to make mall rats and that it, it bombed and and that was really difficult for him um but there's you know there's this whole like plot line about making someone sick with uh, a stink palm and a stink palm is where um you know you go you go to the bathroom and instead of using toilet paper to um to to clean yourself up you just use your hand and then y- yeah yeah and then you um uh you uh, get that hand in with like some chocolate covered pretzels uh and those chocolate covered pretzels lead to uh, an illness <laughs> yeah 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 very quickly like i mean again not not the good not, not the best science yeah. but but it, yeah. you know that that so a little little stink palm might be something that i bring up um the another one that i pitched was um uh airplane like the entire plot of airplane is that mm-hmm. the crew gets sick from food poisoning. And, yep. and so, so, but, and it's like airplanes kind of a weird one because the it, it's like, it's even, I'm a little bit, I'm not like, I'm too young for airplane. Like I, I mean, mm-hmm. I certainly saw it growing up, but it was not my, it's like animal house where it's just not my, um, you know, my, my, um, it wasn't in my time, my time frame for, for right. watching. Um, and then I thought about a, a really cool movie that I had just like caught a little bit of recently where, where I was like, Oh, I, I remember this movie. Um, and it's a uh, mystic pizza. Are you familiar with oh, that? Yeah. yeah. I am. So I don't think I've ever seen it, but yeah. So it's got, um, I'm Julia Roberts. very familiar with mystic Connecticut. We used to go there all the time when I was a kid. Yeah. And there was like, a um, like a pizza place in, in mystic Connecticut. So, um, uh, trying to think who's, who's in it. I think, um, it is uh, Lily Taylor, um, Julia Roberts, Nafrio, Julia Roberts, Susan yeah. Shepard, Annabelle Gish, Adam. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and so, but there's an uh, there's a scene in that movie that I just happened upon. That um, again, I remember watching this movie. It was it came out in 1988. I remember watching it probably in the early early 90s. Um, but it was um, there's a like a a, a movie, uh, not a movie, a restaurant critic shows up. And puts essentially puts Mystic Pizza on the map, right? Like, but they all know that there's a a restaurant critic there, and they want to impress him, and he's tasting his pizza, and it says it's perfect, all that, all that kind of stuff. But I, I, I was thinking about that. It's not about food safety, but it's about like food influencers, right? Like we think about TikTok and people, you know, Yelp and people reviewing restaurants out there, and and I mean that's that's how I learn about stuff. Is like I I follow a bunch of people on. Instagram that go to different restaurants. I'm like, Oh, I should try that place. You know, like people here in Raleigh Mm -hmm. and then in in places that I go. Um, and so I thought about, uh, about that as something that I would talk about as well, but this was like, this was a different, I mean, and then, Oh, the other thing that, um, that's on the list is the Martian. 
So uh, Matt Damon movie where he gets stuck on Mars and then uses his own poop to grow potatoes. Um, and and I you know I thought oh we could certainly talk about the food safety aspects of that. Um, yeah. But and and I mean it corresponds nicely with National Potato Day, which I didn't even know we were going to talk about today. <laughs> uh, so um, yeah, and uh, that like that's the that's the game right so if you think of anything in the next couple of weeks and you think oh that's a good movie to talk about and 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 i like your approach of like cool movies movies that you like that have maybe an adjacent food safety angle and and the whole idea here is that it's it's not usually scientifically correct right like that someone's constructing a story right. and so so i think our job on the panel is to point that out um uh you know a little bit um, which is, you know, which, which is kind of, kind of fun. Um, and, and I, it's a long lines and I don't think I've told you about this, but I'm working on a project now where we're, we're building a new building, not, not my department, but our university. And it's a building that's, um, integrative sciences. So it's, it's really focused on the, you know, the chemistry and, and, and molecules of work that we're doing here on campus, but there's a, a space in this, um, in this building that where there's going to be a cafe and there's also like a gallery and an event space. And, and so we, I've been asked to, to kind of lead the, the like the visioning and programming of what's going to happen there. And it's all about kind of connecting the science that we do here at NC state to food and agriculture. Like that's the, that's the connection. And so we had a meeting, a planning meeting with a few folks and, um, you know, one of the people that was in the meeting um, said, one, you know, the whole, our entire like value for this is to do things that are scientifically correct, right? Like, so, if, you know, he he kind of gave the example of like, you, you see um, people just making molecules all the time that aren't real, right? Like just to make a, just, you know, to make a molecule um, that looks like a, a cool tattoo or something that's on someone's t-shirt. Um, and, and so, you know, his, his, you know, suggestion. And, and I agree with it is like, if we're going to do, the, if we're going to do something really, really cool, and we're going to talk about things and we're going to think about this as like a centerpiece to our, our campus. It's got to be scientifically correct. Like it had, you know, just like your, your example with the Apple TV show with what the chemistry of us, is that what it was called? Chemistry of, of me? Um, lessons in chemistry, lessons in chemistry. Yeah. Uh, Have you not seen that? No, I haven't seen it. Yeah. yeah. It's it's on the like it's you know I'm I'm watching a lot Don I'm watching a lot of soccer these days. Yeah, it's yeah, <laughs> you know I really I had I had higher hopes of it, um, but it really did not hit for me. And but it also I I I would note it's it is based on a book, um, which explains kind of the maybe a little bit why the TV show doesn't quite click is it they just tried to do. You know, you can't just turn a book into a TV show. You know, you have yeah. to actually, you know, edit it and 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 make some changes to it. And I just, I don't think they, I think they tried to hew too closely to the book. Um, but uh, yeah, anyway, it's uh, yeah, it's got it's got aspects of it that are good, but it was not. People really loved it when it first came out, and I have to say, I was just, I was not that impressed. Yeah, so. yeah, it hasn't. It's been like it's added on our list. We just haven't done anything about it and watched yeah. it yet. Um, um, you know, one, one way I thought maybe to, uh, uh, to cheat a little bit yeah, <laughs> with yeah, your cheat. assignment, please, please is, do, um, our, our good friend, uh, who runs, uh, Hannah Raskin, who runs the food section, um, yes. 
I am sure I went, just went into her website and uh, I have to sign in because I, I can't get full access and, and which I do pay for because it's, it's probably the best website um, about food ever. Um, uh, and I just did, did a search for movies um, oh. and I found a bunch of articles. And so, uh, but you know, that, that was you be stealing Valor from, Thank uh, you. from Hannah, but they should just have her on instead of you. Well, it's true. Maybe, <laughs> but, I mean, I'll, I'll you keep... might get some inspiration there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll give a shout out to to Hannah. And in fact, as she was, Hannah was on my list to give a shout out today on the podcast anyway. Mm. So um, she, so um, first of all, people should subscribe to the food section. Um, if you subscribe to the food section, like I do, um, you, you would get, and, and I think, I think you do Don as well. Um, you, you would have gotten a, a message uh, today about, uh, a reception that she's holding for her, her, her listeners, <laughs> her paid readers, um, mm -hmm. at, uh, in, in March. And it's, uh, it includes the North Charleston garlic cra crab champion. Um, and it's <laughs> at a place called the starlight motor Inn, which sounds super cool. Um, <laughs> And uh, like I, so when I received this this morning, I was about to text you that I would love for you to come. You should come to Charleston and we should go to this thing and show up at Anna's reception. But it's in, uh, it's March 9th and I'm going to be coaching hockey in D Washington, wow. DC. I know, but, oh, wow. but next year we should go like, um, and I'd love to invite you down. Like we will make a whole thing of this. Like you come down, oh, yeah. do yeah. a thing here. We'll go to Charleston. We'll hang out with Hannah. Um, yeah, but folks should sub subscribe. This is the coolest thing. Um, and actually she, she, when, when I was reading that this morning, it came to my mind, like that's, she's the, she's putting on the type of event that I would love to host in, you know, in this new building that, that yeah. we're like, like to get, let's bring in a chef, let's bring in some folks, let's have this cool, like social thing. And let's talk about the science of, of food and, and how, you know, molecules and bacteria and, and things matter and in, in what we do um and and the things that we eat and that kind of stuff so anyway um yeah shout out to Hannah Rask and, and this also reminds me that I owe her an email because she asked me some stuff and I haven't got back to her oh yes yeah. so um so speak speaking of this so again what I did was I went onto her website and we'll link to we'll link to this article and which will give you the the website as well she recently moved off of Substack um, for various reasons, like there's Nazis on there. <laughs> um, but, uh, she, she's, she, so she's built a, a, a good fan base on Substack, but now she's moved off. Um, and I think it's just a WordPress yeah. site, but I did a search for movies and, and the first hit, um, is an article from November 24th, uh, 2023 delivery robot invasion delayed in Tennessee. Um, and I just did a search to where was, where was movies mentioned, and basically she just talks about, um, uh, let's see, where was it? Um, oh, I had it. Um, okay. Uh, oh, movies have conditioned us that robots are usually bad. Um, uh, there's been this narrative that robots are going to take over. Uh, and then it mentions, uh, uh, college students whose cultural touch point is Wally and not the Terminator, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And that, that brought to mind Wally. I mean, you could talk about the people living, uh, who are up in the, uh, in the spaceship, uh, that are just, uh, eat, sitting in their lounge chairs and eating food and drinking soda. Uh, Ooh, and again, I don't remember it's, it's food related, not food safety related necessarily, but yeah. So again, it's, it's back to my hype, my, my method of let's pick a movie I like that I want to talk about and see if there's something related to food or food safety. 
Yeah. yeah. Okay, good. Well, I'm going to um, thank you for this. And yep. uh, let, let me know if, if anything else pops up. And thanks for playing the game with me. Oh yeah, no, no worries. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's, it's not as fun as I thought it was going to be because <laughs> it's involved work. Oh wow. Well, okay. Uh, <laughs> sorry about that. Well, I've been conditioned by the the fun games on Love It or Leave It, but again, those are also games that I don't have to play. I get to watch people play. True, true, true. Um. Uh. Okay. So let's go into um a couple of things here. Uh, oh wait, there was some other stuff that I wanted to. Oh, uh, there's a couple of papers that I wanted to show you, share with you. Okay, sure. Okay, so first one is this. I tweeted about it. Um, it's coming to you in the chat here. Um, okay, so this was in uh, MMWR. Um, shout out to. I, I would say, like, if I was to make the pantheon of of my favorite publications, um, uh, Substack or not Substack, uh, the food section, um, MMWR. Um, New York Times, um, uh, Wapo, uh, Wapo, putting stuff that I'm I'm looking at on a on a daily basis on my uh, um, on, on the internet. Um, I, you know what I what I continue to go to, which is maybe not healthy, is is five thirty eight. You know that that website? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so they download anyway, but, their podcasts and usually don't listen. Yeah. Well, but, but here we go. MMWR. Fantastic. There was an article, uh, notes from the field, severe Vibrio vulnificus infections during heat waves, three Eastern U S states, July to August, 2023. And, um, I don't know if you, if you saw this, uh, or if you remember any of this, but there was a bunch of Vibrio that happened. And the idea is that, um, extreme weather is, is increasing Vibrio, but, the the big thing that I pulled out of this um, was let me find um, here we go in the likely roots of Vibrio vulnificus exposure that that paragraph mm-hmm. they talk about waterborne transmission from root exposure okay that makes sense right would not yep that would not be a surprise um. Two additional cases in North Carolina residents likely resulted from exposure to a cut on the hand while handling raw mm-hmm. seafood during food preparation. And that's not like intuitively, that's not surprising at all. But I thought about like, okay, if this is a risk factor for Vibrio, do we tell people at all not to prepare raw meats or raw seafood? with cuts on their hands. Like, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, yeah. So we, it's not really in our messaging. Um, if you're in food service, you, you don't want to have cuts because of the, you know, the, the potential for blood to end up on food, but in your home, I don't think we talk enough about this, that, that there is like, you, there, you know, if you're going to handle, like, if you're going to shuck oysters, for instance, with a sharp knife and you jab yourself in the hand, that's risky for Vibrio. Like that's not a, that's not a good thing to to be doing. So being right. able to think about, you know, and if you're already got cuts in your hands, um, you've got an entry point for, for Vibrio into your, in your body. So I thought mm-hmm. that was, it just stuck out to me that that's a, it's a thing that we don't talk about a lot in our, in, in our food safety messages. Like there's nowhere in the food preparation at foodsafety.gov. That's like, don't prepare food with cuts. Don't, don't, don't handle raw seafood if you have a cut on your hand. Well, and I, and I, but I will say, um, I think Vibrio vulnificus is interesting. Uh, yeah. And there, and again, not to blame the victim here, but the uh, median patient age 
uh, was 70. Okay. Yep. Um, uh, 11 people were, uh, 11 people, uh, had illnesses reported, uh, seven were male, which is also consistent with Volnificus. Um, one North Carolina patient was lost to follow up. That's yep. an interesting sentence. I don't, I think that means that they just were not able to follow up. Yeah. Or, or, um, or we uh, just, the North Carolina, as a North Carolinian, we just don't, uh, we don't follow up. We, it's like, yeah. Don, it could have been that the email went past the first page. And it just got lost in the in the inbox. <laughs> it's a Among North Carolina trait. <laughs> well, at least it's a your Ben Chapman trait. I'm a um, North Carolinian, uh, so I would like to point out that uh, it's a North Carolina trait. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you keep sticking with that, buddy. Um, uh, among among ten patients with information available, all but one had at least one underlying condition. Uh, most commonly, diabetes three, cancer three, heart disease three, history of alcohol alcoholism three, uh, hematologic disease two. Six patients either experienced septic shock four or died five. Three experienced both. All the patients who died had at least one underlying condition. So I think the average person preparing uh, raw seafood with a cut on their hand is probably not at risk uh, from vulnificus, right? Um, so, yes. Uh, yeah. So only saying. two cases yeah. in North Carolina residents likely experienced exposure from a cut on the hand. Um, yeah. So, so, uh, but it, but yeah. So, I mean, it really, I think it's m rather than messaging, I mean, yes, yeah, certainly we could message people about the dangers of preparing, handling raw meat with cuts on your hand, but I think it's more messaging people who have these underlying conditions about yes. a whole host of, and I think, and FDA did, um, did develop some educational materials quite a few years ago, um, but they were novel in that they recognized, okay, the way that we're, the typical Vibrio vulnificus victim is, is male elderly probably drinks too much uh lives at the shore or the beach uh, spends a lot of time in and around water and brackish water and and that's the audience that we need to reach with this message right which is a very different target audience than a lot of our you know food safety messages about listeria reaching pregnant women the way that you would reach those um potential victims is very different right yep yep absolutely i found a little bit as you were talking about that gets into what you just said a little bit, which is a health educators, Vibrio Vulnificus health education kit. And they talk about drinking alcoholic beverages regularly and liver disease, the um, higher risk for, for Vibrio. Um, but even in this one, they, they don't talk about like not having a cut on your hands. <laughs> right. Like, right. so, and I think that, that like, that to me that that's one of the things that that stood out that I think that that it's easy for us to add that in. Um, and I, I want to give a shout out, um, on this article to people I know pretty well. Um, the Dan, Dan, Daniel Weller, uh, who mm -hmm. I think, you know, as well. Um, yeah. and from, um, uh, I think CDC, CDC. Uh, yep. Yeah. I'm like, I want to make sure. Yeah. D um, yeah, I knew he was at CDC. I just wanted to make sure he's still there. Uh, yep. And then uh, Nicole Lee, uh, MPH, who's uh, um, from uh, the North Carolina Department of Health and Human Services. She's our foodborne state foodborne um, epidemiologist. Um, so she's a co-author. So it's always good to see your friends published in mm -hmm. MMWR. And I think that this is like there's an under there's an underlying um, situation here that's about like the impacts of climate change too, right? On food safety, it's like with more 
heat waves, it comes more vibrio in the um in the water. Like it just it yep. likes warm, warm water and where it's yep. a higher exposure. So um lots of you know, lots of good takeaways from this for me. Um okay, and then another so I read I read this article, Don. Uh, mm-hmm. you you don't you didn't have any homework today. You didn't have to read this before. Um but sometimes I I have trouble reading articles from the world of applied economics. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. So, so this is the financial impact of foodborne illness outbreaks at restaurants, the case study of Chipotle Mexican dr- grill. So I love the abstract. Okay. Abstract was awesome. Mm-hmm. It talks about, um, you know, we, we use Chipotle's Mexican Grill's eight outbreaks from 2015 to 2018 to evaluate the media and stock market responses to both single and multi-state outbreaks. Okay, so I like okay. that. What so so, but but then, what I wanted in this was somewhere in a discussion or in the conclusion that said we estimate that these outbreaks cost. Chipotle X dollars. Okay. Yeah. They don't have that. It's not in here. That's mm. it's what 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 they're showing was that um some there were share losses. Um, okay, so financial impact results through section 3.2. Chipotle's average daily return volume on announcement days, so that's days where where they talked about an, an, an outbreak, was minus 3.72 percent which is 3.4 million 3.4 million shares compared to minus 0.39 percent on non-announcement days that's the result so i guess they like what i take away from this is they were they lost more share value on days where they talked about having a foodborne illness but they didn't quantify that to what that meant like somehow i need to figure out what that means monetarily um well, it depends. I mean, it depends because the there's multiple days. The stock had different prices at the beginning right. and the end of those days. Yeah, but yeah, it would it would seem like it would not be too. It would be a lot. It would be much less work for them to do it than for you to reverse engineer it. So yeah. why wouldn't they just do it? Except that maybe if an economist were to tell you, it's like, well, there's a reason why we don't do that because. Blah, blah, Cause blah, it's not real. Right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, and so then further down, they do do a little bit of this where it says the events clustered around the multi-state out- E. coli outbreaks were associated with a decline of $1.75 million in market capitalization. And later okay. single state outbreaks were also associated with reductions of 1.26, 1.26 and 2.04 um, for like different events. And so I get like, is market capitalization, I don't know. Like maybe I just don't know what that means. What does that mean? Is that an actual uh, I, loss? Is that like no, no market right. cap is something that Apple is concerned about. I think it has to do with like the what it's like market share. I don't know. Welcome to um, uh, food economics talk with two guys that are not economists. We don't know. Yeah. So the, the, I mean, that's, that's my, that's my trouble with this article, I guess. Right. Is like, I'm not in the discipline and I want it. Oh, well that's translated. <laughs> Honestly, Ben, that's, that's not an article problem. That's a you problem. I mean, it is a me problem. The authors, but yeah, um, but I, I want to know more about like, this seems really, really interesting. They do like talk about a, a finding that they have is that 
which is something that I think you and I experienced, right? So um, Chipotle had a national, a couple of national outbreaks, like multi-state outbreaks. And then after that, they had some independent single-state outbreaks and the social, or not the social, the media coverage of those smaller outbreaks was high, higher than expected because they had had this previous national outbreak, right? Like it was all about, oh, another Chipotle problem. And so they they do talk about that in here, which I think is is good. But I'm I don't know I'm missing the I I want the I want to know the dollar amount. I want to be able to say okay. Chipotle had these eight outbreaks and the financial impact. Like it's in the title, the financial impact mm. of foodborne illness outbreaks at, at restaurants. It's it's not answered to me. Mm, <laughs> but maybe right. that's because that, I not... want a dollar amount. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. that's what I'm looking for. Yeah. Um. So and, so yeah. according to Investopedia. Uh, mm-hmm. Market capitalization is the total dollar market value of a company's outstanding shares of stock. And to calculate it, you just multiply the number of outstanding shares by the current market value of one share. That, so I don't know. you're the you're the math guy. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a, it's a, basically it's a way to figure out how much a company is worth, right? Uh, as determined by the stock market. So. Um, uh yeah and and it's used to figure out whether it's a good takeover target or not right because if the market cap is x and you pay 2x well that's not good but if you pay half x then you know you're you, for your money you're getting a, a company that's worth twice what you paid for it right yeah so yeah. Uh, right. companies with larger market capitalization are safer investments because they're more established companies with a longer history in business so, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well, well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway, hopefully maybe someone else can read it and, and help me with it. Um, <laughs> I, okay. Last thing I was going to share with you and then we'll go into our follow-up is, uh, this article that I read in wired. Cause I read wired is another one where I like to, to get some good stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I did, have you seen this, this came out, uh, about a week ago. This is I have not okay. So the you, title you, of this news than I do, I think, because of Apple News. Did you read I this do. on Apple? Of course I did. Of course you know course I got this did. on my Apple News. Came right, comes right to my phone. Uh, I even get notifications. Like it, it knows Apple News learns. These are the things that I want to know and I want to push notification for. And this is right. one that came came to me. Inside the beef industry's campaign to influence kids. Oh, this is this is good. Um, and so, uh, but it's like an interesting article. So the subhead is big beef is wooing science teachers with webinars and lesson plans and attempt to change kids' perceptions of the industry. Um, and, um, so, uh, I'll just read the, you know, the excerpt from this is the beef industry knows it has a trust issue, says Jennifer Jaquette, a professor of environmental science and policy at the University of Miami. The industry is attempting to influence public opinion by starting with children, says Jan Dukowitz at the Pratt Institute's Department of Social Science and Cultural Studies. Dukowitz points out that one of AFBFA's objectives, which is the American, um, what are they called? Uh, American Farm Bureau Foundation for Agriculture. Um, is uh, um, outlined in most recent funding documents is to run events that engage educators and students to increase our understanding of positive perceptions of the beef industry. So this one hit close to home for me for a couple of reasons. One is we we run a um a couple of programs here in, in my department that we we work with um training agriculture teachers and and mm-hmm. educators around um what you know 
agriculture and food systems and and food safety. And so, and other things and nutrition and, you know, just, you know, everything related to, to agriculture. And so this is like, I felt, felt like this article was alarmist, but really this has been what's been happening for like going back to the start of FFA. Like this is not, <laughs> this is not new, right? Like that, 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 uh, you know, uh, and it's, and it's not, um, I don't know. It's not like evil or in, in I mean, at least from my, from my perspective, and maybe I'm biased because I'm in the, in a department that does this, but it it's, it's kind of like, yeah, we're, we're, we've often looked to try to explain how decisions get made uh, by teaching stuff to kids and trying to change public perception around it. Like that's it's, I guess it's nothing new to me, but it came off yeah. like an alarmist kind of, kind of, kind of article. Yeah. Well, and again, you know, I mean, I just, you said the start of FFA, uh, which started uh, in the early 1900s. Um, yeah. And so, but the, the objective it's a FFA for those that don't, we'll link to the Wikipedia article. It is a nonprofit uh, career and technical student organization, which offers middle and high school classes that promote and support agricultural education. Well, if you're going to promote and support agricultural education, part of that is promoting and supporting agriculture and which includes beef production. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's right there in the, in the mission. Now, of course you'd like it to be science-based. You'd like it to not be, you know, propaganda on either side, right? Like there's probably, I mean, I think there's probably a way that you could do it that would be, you know, like talk about beef production and, you know, what the, in in all its aspects good and bad yep, right yep. but but again i mean I, I, yeah it's uh if if your job is to promote agriculture then you've got to promote agriculture yeah well and so the other other piece of this and it's early on in the article it says beef is one of the highest carbon footprints of any food but AFBFA funding documents reveal that the industry fears that science teachers are exposed to, quote, misinformation, propaganda, and a one-sided or inaccurate information. Okay, well, that's I, – I think that's legit. Um, the – like – but the the goal is to to talk about all, all different sides and aspects of this, right? Like, so there could be – there's certainly misinformation out there, and there's certainly, you know, um, different issues that, that folks might say, oh, this is just a one-sided propaganda – um, but one thing that I, I would call, call to is, and the, you know, again, this is probably like cherry pick from those documents, but it says, uh, uh, far, you know, the AFB, AFBFA, a farming industry backed group that educates Americans about agriculture is an attempt to fight back and leave school teachers with a quote, more positive perception of the beef industry, the funding documents reveal. And I would say that a more positive perception is probably not the right term, right? It's, it's a balanced or it's a realistic perception, right? That, that to me, that's, that's where we, where, where things should be going. Um, but it just surprised me that this ended, like this was in wired, I guess. Right. Like, yeah. And so, and, and that it's, I don't know, it's, it's like when, you know, I think we talked a little bit about this, um, when the, uh, when poison, the documentary came out where a lot of stuff that was in that documentary is not new. Like you and I, we we're, we're in this world. That's exactly what we see all the time. And so, it, and maybe it's surprising to those from the outside. And this could be the issue from, from Wired's standpoint is like, wow, we didn't know that this is happening. And it's like, well, it's kind of always happened, right? Yeah. Like this, this is not, yeah, this is not new. So, 
Um, and it's and it yeah, can and, be- well, and we and we could we could get into the whole discussion of the four food groups and now the food pyramid and oh, attempts yeah. to influence that. Right. I mean, it does it does get into some, you know, some politics pretty quickly. And again, and the you know, I mean, here's the thing: it's it's not if you have a problem with this, your problem is not with the beef industry; it's with capitalism. Right. Right. And in our, which and is the, my my solution to a lot of problems these days. If you, your problem is not with X, it's with capitalism, <laughs> because capitalism and, creates this, and our system that has been created from that. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And and I was at a meeting this week about um, uh, 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 um, supplemental nutrition, um, right? Uh, benefits, uh, you know, and and the and, and their like education programs around them. And so this is like a meeting of all the folks that run snap ed programs uh, nationally. Um, and there's like state agencies, there's implementing agencies, there's local folks that are doing stuff. And, and there was a, 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 a you know, one, one of the panels was all, uh, you know, uh, federal government folks who, who do everything related to snap and other like WIC. So that, that, you know, that's another program. FNEP is another, um, mm-hmm. uh, um, uh, nutrition, um, education program. But then, you know, they even had, had folks talking about like, um, emergency food. Anyway, it's all, all of these things are authorized through the farm bill, which is interesting, right? Like it's it, right. The, the whole point of it is to utilize, um, you know, uh, U.S. agriculture in a in a way that um, solidifies, maybe not solidifies, like uh, makes prices consistent or as consistent as possible because we have these programs that that are subsidized by the government that you know allow for um, for people to get to to get food, but it's only certain types of foods. And there are two or three times where you know someone in the audience asked a question about like, well, why is this food on the list? And this is not, and, and this, it's the same answer every time. It's like, well, that's kind of what Congress decided, right? Like, cause it's authorized by, you know, this, this bill that Congress decides on. So it's, I mean, it's capitalism and also like our system, why there's certain foods on certain lists. It's not as simple as like, well, this is the most nutritious. It's there's, it's it's wrapped up in a whole bunch of stuff. It's complicated. It's all complicated. Well, well given 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 food away to people does not sound like capitalism. That sounds like communism or socialism to me. Oh, man. It, but it, yeah. Uh, but then you get Congress involved, and then now, okay, here comes capitalism. Yep. Yep. And <laughs> and like someone's hey, if we're gonna give food away, so we got to buy it from somewhere. Hey, we should buy it from these farmers. What do they want to sell? <laughs> yeah. You know, exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah. And and it's uh, I don't know. Like I'm my it's not alarmist to me. Like it's, it's just the, that's the system that we, that we've had, that we've created over time. And it's not, it's, it's almost like the, you know, the conversations that we have about like a single food safety agency. It's, it's not, you know, we wouldn't have planned it this way, but, but we have it. So we got to work within the, in in the framework. And sometimes you can change it, but realistically it's, it, it, it's so, it's so big. It's, it's not something that's going to change very well, or very quickly. It's, it's not going to change quickly. It's like an ocean liner, right? You're not yeah. going to turn it on a dime. And and the this the the alternative is to burn it all down, right? I right. Mean, to say, well, okay, this is all terrible, uh, and we're just going to, you know, we're, again, single food safety. Even a single food safety agency 
is would not be burning it all down because it would be like, okay, well, we don't have a single food safety agency. We want a food single food safety agency because Congress has told us that's what we have to do. Now, how do we get there in a way that that tries to burn as little down as possible in terms of, you know, keeping the foods, let's keep the food supply safe while we transition to this new thing that we don't quite know what it is. I mean, it's, we've sort of, we've seen this, I think most recently with uh, Food Safety Modernization Act, right, and uh, and all of the those activities, you know, uh, the act passed by Congress, and then rules made by FDA, and then implementation of training, and this is all this is all top of mind for me right now because uh, I've been teaching undergrads, uh, and I've been choosing the the my predecessor in the course taught them HACCP, and I decided I was going to teach them preventive controls instead, uh, just because it was more modern, and I could do it easily because I I know HACCP, and if you know HACCP, uh, I was sharing with some colleagues, maybe, maybe even, oh no, you weren't on the call, but uh, yeah, sharing with colleagues. And it's really, I mean, you know, nothing against my colleagues that teach preventive controls, but it's not that hard. If you've taught HACCP for, you know, 30 <laughs> right. years, you could teach this stuff. I mean, I look at the slides, um, you know, uh, maybe an hour before, two hours before the lecture, I go through them. I make sure that there's no surprises. And then if there's stuff I don't know, I got to look it up. But then I, and I show up in front of undergrads and, uh, I sound like I know what I'm talking about because they don't know anything, Ben. <laughs> I mean, I've got a smart bunch of undergrads, but boy, yeah. uh, I I was like, oh, 21 CFR uh, part 114. Anyone tell what? me what CFR stands for? No, no. <laughs> nope. They didn't know, Ben. No way. I didn't. I mean, I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know when I was an undergrad. I mean, yeah. I, I do. I do like to think back and I, I'm very, I try to do it in a humorous way. I try to do it with compassion and, you know, I try to not like shame them and say, Hey, this is a learning opportunity you know so yeah yeah well it's that's good i like it um okay let's move into you want to move, move into some follow-up sure okay this is follow-up someone alerted us to something um that uh has been a a a, a favorite topic of us uh of ours uh for ours. for mm -hmm. a while um and uh it's toilet plume um <laughs> And uh, so I, uh, this came from uh, a listener to the show, Chris. Chris says, uh, you've covered the toilet plume aerosol in passing in other episodes, but there's a new study out on the subject. Um, did you have a chance to look at the at the study uh, at I, all, Don? I, I did not look at the study. Actually, I first learned about the study from, I listened to uh, This Week in Virology. I started listening during the pandemic. Uh, and then I had to stop listening because they're they're just wrong about some things about dose response, and they're they're not. Anyway, I just was making me uh, angry, and and I was got tired of sending them emails that they would not understand or misinterpret or disagree with. And I don't have a platform. Well, I guess I do have a platform. I got this show, but I didn't want to. I didn't want to start a war. Um, but I do listen to the episodes uh, with uh, the clinical updates with Daniel Griffith. But then I see all the other episodes because there's no way to subscribe to just those. And I did see that they were going to talk about this. So uh, I did see that actually the episode title even mentioned. Uh, I think toilet plume. And I'm like, oh, there must be a new study out. And I had intentions of looking at it, but but I have I have not looked at it. Have you looked at it? Yeah, I have. It's really interesting. Okay. Um, and uh this someone else sent it to me. Um, and so I, I looked at it earlier this week. It um so uh this comes from there's some some folks who we know uh on this uh um uh, article, uh, Madison Goforth, who I think I know from from the internet um uh, is the lead author and then the 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 senior author on this is uh chuck kerba oh, chuck kerba yeah yeah so um in, you know interesting uh 
uh, paper. So, so essentially, the, the what they were looking for, and I, I'll, you know, actually, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get you to scroll down to um, figure three because this is the exact, um, uh, you know, thesis of this article. It's that it, you know the toilet plume happens. And mm-hmm. if you want less toilet plume, you should close the lid of the toilet. Makes sense. And yeah, and it's it's true, but it's not fully true. Right. And so what they were able to sh- demonstrate, and actually, Figure Three is is so good at mm-hmm. this. It shows that 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 plume is still happening and aerosolizing some. Um, you know, it has the potential to aerosolize if there are pathogens in there, and still push those pathogens out. Um, and, and it will get deposited on the floor around the toilet, um, where the big plume goes to different areas within the restroom. So, so like it would, so what, what their conclusion is, um, and I'll just read it from the, from the abstract, the results demonstrate that closing the lid prior to flushing does not mitigate the risk of contaminating, contaminating bathroom surfaces and that disinfection of all restroom surface, i.e. the toilet rim and floors may be necessary after flushing after toilet uh, brush for the use of, uh, for brush use for the reduction of virus cross-contamination. So, so they're making the argument that yes, it's it like they say that it's not mitigated, but, uh, but I would say that if your frame is, are you able to find viruses on the floor? Then, then they're correct. But I think that they demonstrated that it doesn't go in like as high. It just gets pushed out to the side, which I think is an interesting like finding. It's good. It's a good paper. This is a yeah, and they used MS2, which is a mm-hmm. as you know, you know, it's a good surrogate for norovirus. Also been used as a, um, a, a I guess a decent surrogate for um for SARS-CoV2. Um, no, it's so, a I, I would yeah. say it's it's a surrogate for norovirus. Yes. it's not a good surrogate, and it's it's really a terrible surrogate for SARS-CoV2 uh, because MS2 is is just a lot more. It's much more like noro. It's a non-envelope virus, yeah. and so it's much more resistant. So, and again, it surrogate, the question of whether something is a good surrogate really depends upon for what, if you're talking about, well, we wanted to measure how small particles get caught up in air droplets, uh, or in water droplets and are spread, that's different than a surrogate for disinfection, let's say. Right. And so I yep. think it's, I mean, again, you'd have to do the side-by-side experiments with norovirus, but what I'm trying to look at, all right. So they, yeah, so they, they added, uh, two dose levels, uh, yep. 10 to the 10, two dose levels, 10 to the 10 dash 10 to the 14. So I'm not really sure. I guess that means 10 to the 10 and 10 to the 14. Um, uh, yeah. All right. 10 to the 10 or 10 to the 14 PFU of MS2. Um, oh, and then public bowls received 10 to the 11. All right. Uh, U.S. public toilets don't have lids. Okay. All right. So they, yeah. So they use different concentrations and yeah. And then they measured the virus concentration, but again, you have to, I mean, I, I would say table, I mean, yes, figure three is a graphical representation, but I think you have to look at table one and then sort of put your log order of magnitude hat on, right? And so they're putting uh, 10 to the 10 in the water and they find 10 to the 1.5 on the lid top. So that's a nine log reduction, right? Yeah. Uh, The toilet lid bottom, a nine log reduction, toilet seat top. So that's interesting. Toilet seat top is only 10 to the fifth. 
toilet seat bottom. Oh, the lid uh, hmm. seat lid. Okay. Yeah. It's a, it's, I mean, yeah. So that if you put a lot of viruses in something and then a lot of viruses are going to go other places and really yeah. it depends what you mean by a lot. Right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, but I think, but I think there's value in this, right? Like I think there's value. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. For sure. There's, and, there's value, but I mean, again, it's, it's a, and again, I would, I, they may say this somewhere in the article, but let's say when the average person has norovirus and they, they use a toilet, what's the PFU norovirus PFU in that toilet. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's, it could easily be 10 to the 10 or 10 to the 14. And they probably did some range finding or some, some, they probably didn't pick those numbers arbitrarily. But again, when you're studying <clears throat> movement of viruses or movement of anything and uh, any microorganism, you, if you want to see whether it moves, you start with the highest possible concentration, right? And, and, and then you've got to to get to risk, you've got to really say, okay, well now if it was, if, if MS2 behaves like norovirus, what would the norovirus levels be? Uh, you know, and then, and then does it, does it all scale proportionally? Yep. Yep. Um, and I think it's pretty, I think it's really, really high. Like, I think that is in line. I can't find it quickly, but yeah. I think what they, what they started with is in high with what or in line with what you would expect to see from norovirus shedding with an, an infected and ill individual. Um, so right. like worst, right. worst case scenario. Yeah. So yeah, it's a good, it's a good one. So thanks to, um, to the couple of listeners who, uh, followed up with us, including Chris. So shout out to Chris. Um, okay. We got some risky or not five sixty seven feedback. So yeah. th this one's really, really good. So let, I'm going to, I'm going to read this. Um, mm -hmm. so thanks for an entertaining podcast. I'm not really a food safety nerd, but I find the questions amusing and your method of research enlightening. You do an excellent job of, of uh, mediating expert knowledge in your field of academia. That's very nice. Thank you. Um, and this is from listener show, uh, Espen. Um, I listened to your recent episode 567. Uh, this is uh, risky or not about growing herbs and soil that might be polluted by a dry cleaner formerly located there. In the episode, you mainly focused on gases. You didn't really consider ground pollution, which I think is the most significant risk. According to the state coalition for remediation of dry cleaners, um, uh, they contaminate the soil and groundwater for a long time. The contamination can last tens to hundreds of years. I would suspect that the soil is likely to be polluted next to an old dry cleaner. Looking at the garden specific restaurant in question, Google street view, it appears that the herbs are grown directly in the ground next to the building, presumably in direct contact with the original soil that has been there since the dry cleaning days. In my country, Denmark, the environmental agencies recommend thoroughly washing vegetables before use. They've grown in lightly polluted soil. They specifically re recommend not growing herbs at all since they're grown closer to the ground or harder to wash thoroughly. They also suggest planting in raised beds filled with clean soil, which is a good that's a good recommendation. Um, I don't necessarily think the above information changes your conclusions to risky given the small amounts of chemicals that the herbs would be able to absorb in small quantities that are used in cooking. But I found it strange that you didn't mention the risk of soil pollution at all. So I thought I'd let you know. So thanks for for that follow-up, Esben. Um, and I, you know, I I agree. I think we were not um we weren't really focused on that. And I would say that I'm I would even though that they may be in the soil, I bet it's at a dwindling um, amount of contamination over time. And so, um, and, and the fact that like, how would it get there means that there had been either, you know, the, the process would, re would release those 
uh, contaminants and then they settle out though, or someone did something like they spilled something outside. And I don't think we have real good information on either of those um, situations. I think like contaminating soil around the building i just i don't know i couldn't we couldn't find anything that would suggest that that would be the uh the case but but this is good i appreciate the yeah I yeah i know and thank and thanks to as yeah thanks to Esben for reaching out um you know I, I, he he writes uh, i find i think assuming it's he uh writes your methods of research i find your rest message of research enlightening i think our message of research is two guys quickly look at stuff on the internet and try to make a story out of it yeah, yeah. so i'm not sure that's a recommended method for doing science but no we do appreciate the follow-up and then no and, and it's uh it's just simply an oversight right so yeah. uh, if we had had this information um we encountered this information when we um when we were recording the podcast i think we would have we would have gone in a different direction yeah. but yeah no it's 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 not, I mean, it's, it's, it's an oversight on our part and we do appreciate the, uh, we do appreciate the feedback. I, I still, I still don't think it changes the conclusions any, yep. um, but, but uh, yeah, I mean, this is great. And this is who like, yeah, who this association of state and territorial solid waste management officials, this is like the, the AFTO for solid waste, right? <laughs> it's great, perfect. Great, great. Yeah. We should go into the, We should do a podcast at their uh, annual meeting. <laughs> state uh, coalition for the remediation of dry cleaners. <laughs> <laughs> that what a that is there's that's just uh, i just i just love that that exists yep you know yeah like there's absolutely. here's you know we're food safety nerds but guess what there's uh dry cleaner remediation nerds too yeah a hundred percent um another follow-up uh this uh, came to us from a listener in the show last also about that same episode said just wanted to write in with less rights with a personal soapbox knit from the dry cleaner episode as an aside in that episode Y'all looked at chemical fact site and commented that it must be a not not profit arm because it was hosted at a dot org. As the owner of my name.org, who has sometimes had folks folks ask about my organization, I'd like to point out that anybody can buy a dot org. There is no requirement to be an organization or nonprofit. It is often risky for people to infer any additional trust or validity based on the top level domain. So yes, Les, thank you for, for calling that out. Could not agree more. I think when we were talking about it in that episode, we were um, just inferring that it was a created as a, like a not-for-profit arm of the like chemical facts industry. Right. right? Um, right. But I totally agree that just having an org doesn't mean that it's um, an unbiased or, or even, un, you know, un, even not-for-profit, um, uh, 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 um, uh, source of anything so this is good good reminder for us yeah and there we and again if you if you google um who can buy a dot org um uh the first hit that comes up uh is is from uh an organization that hosts websites called uh godaddy um, godaddy.org not a not <laughs> not a good organization or at least uh, have run into problems in the past um uh, well, maybe so we won't link to that. So we'll maybe there's a Forbes article that's a little bit less uh, controversial. Dot uh, org versus dot com. What's the difference from 2022? And yeah, and basically anybody can buy a dot org for sure. Um, that is not a. In fact, I I bought a dot org uh, because I got. Uh, I wanted to make a URL that would redirect to uh, the International Association for Food Protection, which is a dot org. So. Uh, I bought uh, iafpfood.org, which I, I might have a problem with it. It didn't work when I tried it the other day, just because I got tired of typing that whole big, long thing. So, 
um, IAFP, food.org. Uh, there we go. It redirects. So, yeah. So you don't have to type foodprotection.org. You can just type IAFPfood.org um, and it'll get you there. So uh, thank you. <laughs> Anybody can buy a .org. I just, I just proved that. Perfect. Good. You just, you just bought one. <laughs> I, I bought one some time ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the last uh, little bit of follow-up is just um, something that we did talk about, um, you know, uh, and, and Don and I decided not to do an updated risky or not episode on this, but um, this uh, came to us from a listener show, Brad, you said, I just saw this TikTok about reheated rice syndrome is reheated rice risky. How long after cooking should rice be reheated? And so we, we actually tackled this question in a couple of episodes, one on uh, John's um, reheated or leftover rice. I think it was, let me, let me actually find these ones. Um, and John's old uh, refrigerated rice. Yeah. John's old refrigerated rice. And then there was another episode, Don, that I actually found that, um, uh, the John's rice. Let me find this. Um, you, rice, 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 rice syndrome. Um, uh, rice, chicken, and lo mein leftovers. Uh, which was another episode where we actually talked specifically about um, about this issue and the 19 year old man with shock, multiple organ failure and rash that was in New Jersey, uh, um, not New Jersey, New England Journal of Medicine. Um, anyway, uh, just the, the there was also like a, a whole BuzzFeed like this has gone everywhere, this this reheated rice. And and so I actually think one of the best ones out there, um, I'll link to this, was a Yahoo reprint of a BuzzFeed article um, that that actually talks about the specific situation and that that led to this viral um uh uh TikTok video from Dr. Lauren Dedecker. Um, and so she said that um uh she got sick. Uh, before before I left, I asked how they prepared my dinner. They told me openly that the rice dish had been made in a large pot that morning, had been out at room temperature all day, then reheated and served that night for dinner. So it hadn't been refrigerated. Well, I can't know for sure or for certain that it was you know, bacillus serious food poisoning or fried rice syndrome. Based on what I ate in the history, it's very likely that's what it was. Um, and and so, but that like what this has been translated to is don't reheat rice. And really, if we go back to exactly what she just said, it is the issue with bacillus serious food poisoning in rice is about leaving a large pot of rice out at room temperature all day, right? Regardless of what, right. how it's refrigerated or reheated or anything like that. But it has right. been like, I, you know, I don't know, picked up as don't, you know, fried rice syndrome, don't don't reheat rice. Yeah. Yeah. And again, and and uh, this TikToker is well-intentioned, but they're just wrong. Um but I didn't, I didn't see the point again. I really, yeah. I don't, I don't want to punch down on people who are well-intentioned, even if they're wrong, I would rather punch up at people who are well-intentioned and wrong. Right. Because yep. it's just not, I mean, just, yeah, I just, just like, I'm sorry that you're wrong, but it's not, I'm not going to call you out on it, but I will, if people ask about it, I will say, oh, well, go, please listen to um, episode uh, 48 um, with a lovely picture of John Roderick 
And then also episode uh, 270, which talks about the same thing. And yeah, and this, you know, yes, someone did die once um, from this, but that's that's a was a very specific case. And yeah, the, the, it's, the issue is leaving rice out at room temperature. Bacillus cereus, if it's there, can grow. It will make toxin. It will make heat-stable toxin. No amount of reheating will make it safe. Yeah. But that does not translate to don't reheat fried rice or don't exactly. reheat rice. And And I'm even a little bit leery about the recommendation of like, don't reheat the same rice multiple times because no, if you if fine. you cool it if you cool yeah. it correctly it doesn't it doesn't really matter now um one one recommendation that i that i think is practical out there which is if you're going to reheat rice just reheat the part that you're going to eat sure. right but 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 also if you were going to reheat a whole bunch just make sure you cool it correctly like like right. that's that that yeah that that's the way to to really control this so Right. Um, and if you if you repeatedly uh, heat, reheat and cool and reheat and cool, as long as you're doing it safely, there's no there there's not a food safety risk, but there will be most assuredly a quality decline in that yes. food. Oh, uh, gosh, yeah. So, you know, maybe don't do that if you want to, the best tasting uh, reheated rice. Yep. Yep. Um, Don, we went through everything that's in our in, like in, in our uh Dropbox on this. I I got all right. through all of my notes. Let me see. I, Let me go back I, to my little I did, my notes. I did too. FST Harris Teeter, play the message. Movies NC State game. I that's it. I think that's a show. I think it's a show. Um. Okay. Well. Hey. Uh. I love. I love talking to you. <laughs> I love you too. <laughs> love you too. Love you too. Uh. That's how we're ending it now. Um. The, yeah. It's our 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 mm -hmm. exit has. Has, has evolved it used to just be me saying bye and then you say hi bye but now it's like I, I love i love talking to you love you love you don <laughs> love you bye bye happy happy almost valentine's day and happy um oh yes uh happy happy, super bowel yes happy, happy super bowel and also uh if you um if you choose to celebrate uh, national potato eating lovers day national lover potato lovers we hope um, you had a good day we hope you had a good day and enjoyed your your hash browns or whatever you ate. <laughs> All right, bye. Bye. <laughs>
Right. And we need got to get one of these scheduled, right? Yeah. Yep. 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 I, um, I do have a hard ish out at 11. Yeah. yeah. I got meeting with my students, but it won't take long. How does. Um, how does February 22nd in the morning look before, say, 11 a.m.? Uh, I've got to be on campus teaching at 1230. Okay. Would you be able so, to do like 830 to 1030 or 9? Sure. 11 that's perfect. Or, okay. Yeah, let's, let's do it. Let's do 830 to 1030. Perfect. 830 to 1030 is uh, ideal for me. Um, Would you, would you like to hear an update on my uh, um, weird noises coming from our ceilings? Oh, yes. We the best is we we need to uh, maybe engage with an acoustician. Acoustician <laughs> is not amazing. Right. Yep, I I did not know that was even a thing. Didn't know. Um, unfortunately, it, it is um, peak heating uh, from water pipes. Um, the pipes are close to the ceiling. Additional insulation will not be possible. There was two hmm. inches of fiberglass insulation was put on top of the ceiling to help. The pipes are so close to the ceiling, I had to really compress the fiberglass to get under the pipes. I do believe mm. at this point, hiring an acoustician is probably the best route. The challenge will be get the sound coming from the water pipes to reflect back into the ceiling rather than the space um, within the pipes. And this will be a challenge. Mm. It sucks. This is like a problem for someone in their office. And it's like ongoing. This is with our new space where we moved to. And so oh, man. Every, everything is perfect except for this. And is this just one person that's impacted? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And it's one, one person who is so great and is like, is, is like the, um, does not complain about anything, but this is really impacting. This is really bugging them. Yeah. Really, really impacting them. And, and mm -hmm. so I'm, I'm really trying to, this is like food safety, not our department head chair talk. This is, this is like my number one priority of trying to fix this. So, yeah. Oh man. Yeah. And, and like this person for, for lots of really good reasons, doesn't want to move offices. Right. Mm -hmm, like, sure. Like, like, and, 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 and also is like, and has brought up a really good point, which is if this doesn't get fixed, the space is unusable because of this sound. And it's true. It's like, it is. And it's not just them, right? No. This is not, this is not a super sensitive person. This is, no. this is, no. this is just a really bad decision that somebody made yep. that is now coming Yep. home yep so. yep 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 so I, i'm gonna engage with an acoustician yeah well good luck i Thank look you. forward to future updates uh you will you will you will hear about it <laughs> uh perfect okay so uh i got we're scheduled i got all we need so we'll sounds good we'll i chat. i just dropped the show note links i will copy and paste the new uh thing and we're good to go perfect and i will i'm gonna try and get this posted today because all i have left on my agenda today is active threat training so not not how to be an active threat, but how to manage an active threat. So that's exciting. Well, good, good luck with that. Thank I hope you. you get your threats managed. Um, threat, yep, threats and acousticians. <laughs> All right, I'll talk to you later. All right, talk to you later. Bye. Bye.